Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 513, air date February 1st, 2020. Joining us to discuss this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure, a scientist with four degrees from MIT, including one in biological engineering. Now, Dr. Shiva, you've spent decades studying the immune system. Let's start here. As a layperson, is there anything one can do to lower their own risk of contracting this disease? Well, look, most uh, infectious diseases, if you look at the history, uh, when you look at hygiene, when you look at sanitation, when you look at in proper infrastructure, that's been primarily the, uh, the things that's really you know, lowered infectious disease. If you go look at the history in this country, for example, prior to the creation of the measles vaccine, 98% of the measles itself was uh, obliterated because of infrastructure and hygiene and sanitation, et cetera. Uh, on the other part of it, what can the individual do? And I think this entire... Uh, the news with this virus that's going on brings up really the issue of how do you actually deal with immune health. And the reality of immune health is the one approach is a top-down approach, right? Let's mm. start vaccinating everyone, impose vaccines, et cetera. The other approach is a bottoms-up approach, which is do you decentralize care at the local level between the doctor and the patient, and how do you enable individuals to increase their immune health? Look, uh, there's enough literature out there that one of the ways that you support immunity is through vitamin A. When people consume proper food, carotenoids, uh, and, and your thyroid is working properly, your body converts that to vitamin A. Vitamin A is like a, a deadbolt that locks viruses from coming in. Uh, and there are other measures that you can use, particularly in terms of supporting your body, you know, uh, digestion, your microbiome. Uh, as I've shared uh, recently, the immune system is a very complex system beyond the adaptive and the uh, you know, innate. It includes the microbiome, the gut-brain axis, and the interferon. So it's a very complex system, but it's clear that when you look at a population of you know, 1.4 billion people in China, about 200 have died, it's relatively small. So the issue is, why did those 200 people die? And this brings up, in many ways, an opportunity for us to understand that mm. and to really recognize that we need to uh, uh, really figure out ways to support immune health. That's really the goal uh, versus, you know, always thinking that it's a reductionist model that we always need to hit it with a vaccine. And I think that's the opportunity here because, you know, what we're seeing here is a top-down model of an authoritarian model, top-down to say this is how we do it. Mm. Um, uh, versus a bottoms-up model. Now, that does not mean we should not contain things. Uh, I think a lot of the things that people are doing to contain uh, travel and all these things are good because ultimately that's how you stop the spread of infectious diseases. But that doesn't get to the heart of the problem, which is strengthen people's immune health and really bring in infrastructure because that's really what's ultimately going to solve this. And that's a bottoms-up policy uh, 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 a point that needs to be addressed. Now, what do you see as some of the risks of rushing to develop and deploy a vaccine? Because we're hearing a lot of news coverage about how there isn't a vaccine yet, how are we going to get one in time, how are we going to get it across the globe in time? What do you see as some of the, and I'm asking specifically about health risks of this kind of rush to develop and deploy a vaccine? Well, look, uh, vaccines themselves, unlike the pharmaceutical drug development process, and I've spoken about this before, as well as biomedical devices, particularly in the United States, uh, have not had to go through the same regulatory process, which means um, the same stringent levels of double-blind saline placebo-controlled studies. For example, in the United States, of the 30 vaccines that were developed for kids, none of them had, uh, had any real double-blind saline placebo-controlled studies. And that is of concern. In my view, vaccines should be treated in many ways like the drug development process 
there's ways to accelerate it, but you cannot obviate the need to do serious risk and toxicity testing. Uh, the vaccine model that's used today for development really goes back around 50 to 100 years. In fact, the vaccine policy in the United States go back to that time. There's really a, a, an opportunity to upgrade that and to recognize that we need to really put the same stringent standards for vaccines uh, that we have for other uh, protocols. Uh, whenever these kinds of hype situations come up, whenever there's this kind of quote-unquote urgency, I'm not diminishing them, but it does not mean that we should violate the basic principles of science and risk and safety. Is it possible for a disease like a coronavirus to only target people with certain types of DNA? Yeah, uh, look, uh, what's interesting with this coronavirus is there's a set of base sequences that are there that we still have not determined where it has come from. Um, obviously, when viruses mutate, the way that they affect different people's immune systems can vary. That could be a function of genetics as well as epigenetics. So it's definitely possible. Dr. Shiva, thanks a lot. We hope to have you back soon. Sure. You're welcome. Be well.